Well, C.J. Stroud's the betting favorite to win the Heisman. Ohio State's a huge favorite to win the Big Ten. So is Blake Corm and the Michigan Wolverines actually a better bet for your money? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Alongside Danny Cannell, I'm Nate Dickinson. Danny brought to us here today, brought to you by Bet Online. You can check out Bet Online for your updated college football playoff, Big Ten Conference Heisman, and even just week eight lines. We're going to get to a little bit of just about all of it here with Danny here today. And Danny, we appreciate taking some time to talk with us here a couple of minutes here on the show. Big Ten football has been a little bit weird this season. What's your take on it all before we just get into the nitty gritty of it? It had well, I, I would say outside of Michigan, Ohio State, those teams yeah. are giving us what we expected, Nate. Everybody else, it's been pretty much flipped upside on its head, right? I mean, who the heck <laughs> knows what's going on the West? If you would have told me, you know, I the the Nebraska story, you know, we all knew Scott Frost was on the hot seat, but if you would have said he would got fired as soon as he did, I would have been a little bit surprised by that one. But seeing Illinois having the season they are with Brett Bielema and running the football. That, to me, I think he's in the running for coach of the year for the job that he's doing. Um, Minnesota kind of back in the mix with Tanner Morgan back. And uh, Ibrahim, you know, running the football. I think P.J. Flex squad is playing really well. But other, like, Iowa's been a letdown. Michigan State's been shockingly bad, and yet they bounce back. Paul Chris gone. We can't even get – we didn't even mention that. Like, it's – there are some wild storylines that have unfolded, but the one thing that has remained constant is Ohio State and Michigan's dominance. Both of those teams undefeated very much in the playoff race. So if you're in the West right now, I mean, you've got, you mentioned Illinois there, Minnesota just lost to Illinois. Purdue is looking strong right now. Who's your favorite on that side of the Big Ten? It might seem a little bit chalky, but I really like the way Illinois plays football. And it's translating because the there's kind of an overall trend in the NFL and college football. You're seeing a resurgence of teams that can run and can be physical. I think some people, you know, got caught up in RPOs and these flashy up-tempo offenses. And there's still an incredible value in playing defense and running the football. And I think that's what you're seeing Illinois do. So I would lean towards them. Purdue's been... It, it's going to be a fun matchup, and it probably is going to come down to that one. But I'll lean with the physicality of uh, the Illini uh, in that game, a slight edge to them. And it's easy to sit there, sitting there at 6-1. and one. They're in the catbird seat, but I'll go ahead and take them uh, coming down the home stretch. That game is also – where is that game? Uh, it is in Champaign. So I like the fact they're playing at home too because they've been uh, playing really well at home just like they did this past weekend. All right, let's talk a little bit about the top of the Big Ten here as we get into some of the lines from Bet Online. Uh, Heisman odds right now. CJ Shroud's the favorite. He's been the favorite. 21 to 20 odds right now at Bet Online. But someone who's been emerging, Blake Corum, is at 12 to 1. That's tied for the third best odds out there. And if I'm looking at it, that's for me saying, okay, if Blake Corum can beat Ohio State, then he could possibly jump into that driver's seat. How are you feeling about where those lines are at for both those players? So I never, especially where you are in the season, I don't like 
favorites. They just don't. And it's, it's, it's not worth the return, right? I'd rather get somebody who's a little bit of a longer shot. You mentioned Blake Corum. I think he's a fantastic value where he is right now. Cause he's positioned perfectly to make a big jump and he's going to have the big opportunity to overtake CJ Stroud. If they're able to go into the shoe and have that game where, you know, he's, he's going to have, he's clearly the identity of this team. And I think all of us got a little bit, I, I know for me, I thought when they made the change to JJ McCarthy, Michigan would start throwing it a little bit more, but I don't think that's been the case. I think Jim Harbaugh is very clear what he wants to be. I mean, speaking of, we were just talking with Illinois about them being a physical run-based team. That's what Michigan wants to be. And he's been pretty phenomenal. Leads the Big Ten, 13 touchdowns. The next closest to him is nine with Ibrahim. We mentioned him just a minute ago. He's going to get – he's the workhorse. He's the guy. No more splitting carries like they did last year. He is the guy for Michigan. I think that sets him up really well. And he's going to be the focal point of this team. So I think he's going to catch a lot of eyeballs. And from a value standpoint, I think it's worth more to take uh, Blake Corum. There's also, too, when you're the favorite – People have this perception of you that you're, you know, you're the favorite. You're supposed to play close to perfect. So if you stumble just a little bit, you can't, you, you have this massive fall. If that happened, um, then I think that's the time. Like if CJ Stroud, like it's not going to happen this weekend against Iowa, but if he has a rough game and he throws a couple picks somewhere along the way, which may not happen, you may not have the opportunity. Like if you missed it at the beginning of the season, you may have missed the opportunity to get any kind of value on CJ Stroud. But if he does have a game where he throws an interception or two and somebody else, uh, a Hennon hooker nationally, Blake Corum, uh, in the Big Ten, or somebody else start to jump him, that's when I would take him. If there's still opportunities left, like the Michigan game, like the Big Ten championship game, for him to impress. But without that, I think Blake Corum's where the value is in the Big Ten. So is the same story then for the team odds for the Big Ten title? Because right now, Ohio State's at 1-5, to five, which, I mean, I mean, there's... <laughs> I don't know what value you can find in there, but Michigan State 15 to four. It seems like it's the same kind of story, just on a, a little bit, I guess, from the next degree. I again, and I would do the same thing. If you want to take Ohio State, I would wait and see if you could get better value. See if they have a game where they stumble and and leading into the Michigan game. Cause they're it's been a wild year and they haven't been tested that much. Let's look at Penn State, for instance. If they go to Penn State and they win. You know, let's say it's ugly and their offense is held in check and Nick Singleton runs on them. I don't think any of this happens, but if it's a closer game than we think, and all of a sudden you see those odds drop and you get better value, that's the time to get Ohio State. I don't think it is where it is now. And for the same reason, I would say the time to get Michigan, if you want them, is now because they've had this nice little stretch where they've gotten some through some of their bigger tests in Iowa and Penn State this past weekend where it might be the time to get on them while they're still value because if Iowa State drops, that means Michigan's probably going to step up uh, and get a little lesser value. Danny can have with us here on Locked On Big Ten. Danny, let's get a little bit into just the lines here from this week. We asked or I asked our Wisconsin Badgers host yesterday, why is Wisconsin favorite against Purdue in this matchup this weekend? It's minus two and a half for the Badgers. He didn't have an answer. Uh, what's your take on that line? It's Wisconsin minus two and a half, despite seeming like all the momentum in what we've seen, if you've watched this season, is going toward Purdue. Yeah, it's a little bit perplexing here. I guess the physicality of Wisconsin and Wisconsin's been an enigma. They've been so hard for me to figure out, and I'm sure that's what you're seeing too. 
mm-hmm. you know, when they made the move, when they did fire Paul Christ, it was like, all right, Jim Leonard feels like the heir apparent, the guy who they want to give this interim and make him the next coach. And you see them whoop up on Northwestern and that's, I know Northwestern's a down year and you should, you know, you should be out, but that was an impressive win. And then to come back and see the Michigan state performance, it's like, well, what team am I going to get? My hunch is they're guessing coming back home first game at home for Jim Leonard, you'll have a little bit of a home, uh, you know, home field advantage there. Then if you played, you know, if you take away the home field advantage is about neutral, which is still a little bit tricky to look at. I still think it's got to be the Wisconsin defense that they think will have success against Purdue's passing. And that's where they're feeling that it's neutralized and they'll be able to get the run game going against Purdue's defense. If there is a line like this, I'll say this, Nate, from the most part, if you look at a line and you just scratch your head, there's a couple in the top 25 this week where you see a team and you're like, how can that be? Their record isn't as good. You know, they've had all these issues. If Vegas hasn't been the favorite, you probably want to get on the, the, the odds maker side on this one. So as hard as it is, I think the right play is probably Wisconsin laying the points as, and it sometimes it doesn't make sense, but it usually is the right side to be on. Feels like one of those, like they don't, they know something that we don't lines out there when you're looking at that kind of a game. I agree. Let's look at the other big game here this weekend in the Big Ten. Minnesota at Penn State. It's Nittany Lions minus four. Both these teams are kind of looking to try and get a bounce back here. And I'm trying to get a hard, I'm having a hard time trying to get a read on this game right now, Danny. I am too. And with Tanner Morgan banged up a little bit, I do think he's probably going to give it a go. That has me a little bit, uh, you know, leery of back in the Gophers in this one. Although I think this is number two. Like if you had before two weeks ago before they played Michigan, I I guarantee you Penn State would probably be closer to a touchdown favorite uh, in this matchup. But I do think it's going to be a whiteout. I think if there was a team, I think it's going to bounce back. I think it would be Penn State. So I would go ahead and lay those points there. I do think it'll probably be a lower scoring affair, a little bit of a slugfest. I trust uh, Sean Clifford a little bit more because he's, you know, the six-year senior veteran. Tanner Morgan's Morgan's played a lot of football, but I am worried about his health in this situation. So I would trust the home team, uh, take the uh, lay the points, and take the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions at home. Danny Canelli is here, courtesy of Bet Online. Bet Online is the place to go for any of your online gambling needs, whether you need lines, odds, all of the information on anything going on throughout the sports betting weekend. It's Bet Online where the game starts. And thank you, Danny, again for joining us for a couple of minutes here on Locked On Big Ten, giving us some of your thoughts as we go into the weekend. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the games this weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest way to spice up the college football season. What you do at Underdog is you go over and find some of the latest numbers they have on your favorite team this weekend. You pick a number of different options for your game. For instance, you could pick like lower than 300 and a half passing yards for CJ Stroud against Iowa. If you think that's a little bit too much against that Iowa defense. Pair that with a bunch of other different picks, higher or lower. Put it all together, and you could win up to 20 times the money you put in over at Underdog. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, and Underdog will also double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to UnderdogFantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store, Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. Get on the college football pick'em action today.
here on Locked On Big Ten, alongside Ryan Herrings of Locked On Badgers, bringing him in to take a look at Wisconsin and Purdue this weekend. I'm Nate Dickinson. Ryan, before we get into the actual game here, we still have, of course, the head coaching situation to deal with. And right now, Jim Leonard's going through that, what you called last time you were on, absolutely true audition throughout mm-hmm. the rest of this season. How do you feel like he's been doing so far? Yeah, I mean, he certainly looked great against Northwestern in his first game and not so great against Michigan State in the second game. I, I would say, you know, he certainly didn't win the job against Northwestern and he didn't lose it against Michigan State in terms of the head coaching addition. Um, for the most part, I think he's done pretty well. He's very well spoken. He sounds like he understands the situation. Yeah, he talks and acts like a CEO. Uh, there was a player earlier, a couple weeks ago, Logan Brown, a former five-star offensive tackle that was dismissed from the program. And, you know, Logan, again, it, it was a situation where Logan Brown initially put something out that said, you know, I'm transferring into the portal. And Jim Leonard very quickly said, no, no, this, he was dismissed internal things, but I really liked how he owned the messaging there and understood that uh, the program's reputation and kind of just some of the bigger things going on here need to be very clear and concise through the media. So I think he's done well in that sense, but um, you know, we have to see it play out on the field. And Jim, Jim Leonard says that as well. He says, you know, that, you know, the fans need to get confidence back in the program. And right now it's not there. I feel like people like Jim Leonard, but at the same time, when you have like something like Matt rule happening where that opens up and we start talking about the kind of money that he'll demand and the kind of prestige that he has, I feel like Wisconsin's a place where like, even if Leonard is okay and people like him and he's worthy of a head coaching job, he might just get pushed out because Wisconsin's kind of a big place to kind of fill shoes at. I I don't know. Where are Mm -hmm. you at with like, do you think this is something that's a very realistic thing that could happen? Or do you think that if something big comes along and Wisconsin can take it, that they'll take that no matter what? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's it's a point I've made as well. You know, Wisconsin, it's a pretty, this is a big time program in a big time conference with a bunch of money coming, you know, so you have an interesting situation now where there's a couple coaches that have some type of Wisconsin tie or at least Midwest tie happening at the same time where Wisconsin has that opening. You have Dave Aranda at Baylor who coached at Wisconsin. You know, would he make a jump from the big 12 to the big 10? Maybe Lance Leipold at Kansas, another guy with Wisconsin connections, you know, and then you certainly mentioned Matt rule who doesn't have Wisconsin connections, but coached in the Midwest, you know, temple. He, you know, he has some experience in those, those areas. So I, I would say if unless Leonard just completely um, the rest of the season looks great, like things start to shift, Wisconsin maybe wins, they go four and one down the stretch. I think there's going to be a coaching search after the season. Um, you know, Leonard will be in right in the mix with that as obviously, but you have to, if you're Chris McIntosh, new athletic director, you have to interview all these great candidates because it, quite frankly, if he makes the wrong hire as the athletic director, he's going to lose his job. That, that's the bottom line with college football. Lots of mess to deal with for at least a little bit later, we think. Uh, let's talk a little bit more on the field. <clears throat> Last week against Michigan State, I mean, what went wrong mm-hmm. late in that matchup for Wisconsin to lose that game? I think it was just uh, the same things we've seen from Wisconsin for a lot of the year. There was um, some untimely penalties, uh, a really bad turnover in overtime. Braylon Allen put the ball on the field in the first possession of the second overtime. Your best player can't do that. 
you know, the game calling on offense, and this has been a, a very talked about thing with Bobby Ingram, the new offensive coordinator, without Paul Chris there against Northwestern, we looked very different. There was uh, RPO action. There was more first down passes, you know, and it looked like Bobby Ingram was maybe kind of breaking out of the shackles of Paul Chris a little bit. And I don't know if that's completely fair, but we looked different. And then against Michigan State, it really felt like we reverted back to we're just going to run the ball and it really doesn't matter. Um what you're going to throw against this eight, nine in the box. We're still going to run it. We got a little, a little more, um, I would say conservative offensively. And it was just a bad showing all around, but it was again, a lot of what we've seen from Wisconsin this year is just the same old game script. Really. You say different. It's it a good different for you or a bad different. Northwestern was good, different. It was, um, you know, the Bobby Ingram, again, he, was able to do some things against Northwestern and Northwestern is not good. So, you know, you want to be careful taking too much out of that, but some of the things we had done in that game, uh, we hadn't seen Wisconsin do in the entire year, like that RPO. We, I think we ran RPO action five, five or six times against Northwestern. We hadn't seen it uh, previously, you know, so there was definitely some wrinkles added in there. And a lot of Wisconsin fans really left kind of scratching their heads, seeing the Michigan state game, because we didn't see those same wrinkles. You know, it was almost again, like uh, going backwards a little bit, one step forward, two steps back, I guess, which is kind of the, the story of, of Wisconsin this year, unfortunately. So Ryan, as you go into this game, Purdue is on a hot streak. Mm -hmm. Their losses look better than ever right now. Wisconsin's, not looking like that. Um, why are the Badgers favored? <laughs> I, for those listening on the podcast, our audio, I just kind of did. A, I don't know. They they shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, so well, let's start here. Let's start here. Um, with, it, the game is in Madison. You know, playing right. at home, playing at home matters, especially in college football. Playing at home is a big deal. But listen, Purdue has won four in a row, and two of them have been on the road. Beat Minnesota on the road. Beat Maryland on the road. You know, they have probably the second best quarterback in the big 10, potentially a great receiver. They've been running the ball better. They've won four in a row. And quite frankly, like you said, even, even their losses are solid. So I think it's got to just be the home field advantage. Wisconsin has owned this, this series going back, you know, 15, 20 years, they've absolutely owned Purdue, but that doesn't matter now. You know, Purdue is a ton of momentum. That train is coming down the tracks and it looks like Bucky's right, right in the middle of that train track. And they're, I don't know. I certainly would not take Wisconsin to to cover this. I would take Purdue to win. I think they're going to win outright. Um, it's a tough spot. How do you think Braylon Allen's able to take advantage here in this game? Because if Purdue does have a weak spot, uh, some people are saying it is in that mm -hmm. run defense. Yeah, you know, there's I think seventh or eighth in the conference in yards per carry allowed. Uh, right, right by Wisconsin, by the way. Also, not a stout defense this year, but. You know, this is going to be a really interesting thing to to watch because typically how would Wisconsin, Iowa play a Purdue team that goes five wide, spreads it out, throws it to Charlie Jones. They would milk the clock, right? They would run, 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 run. But that's also what has kind of gotten Wisconsin into offensive issues, being too conservative, being too um, easy to defend because we haven't been able to just run, run, run uh, this year, even when we try it. So it's going to be really interesting. Do they try to take that old school Wisconsin philosophy of we're going to control the clock. We're going to win time of possession. We're going to eliminate an O'Connell's um, attempts, but in doing so they're kind of playing into a style offense that hasn't worked for them this year. When they aired it out a little bit more against Northwestern, you know, Graham Mertz looked really good. And quite frankly, he's probably been the best player on offense this year ahead of Braylon Allen. He doesn't get a lot of credit because Wisconsin has looked poor. He's had a couple bad interceptions, but Mertz has grown a lot and there's a good group of receivers, but 
do you really want to throw it around a lot against Purdue and increase the amount of possession? So I don't really know, to be honest, um, that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I don't know how they're going to play it because we really still are learning about Bobby Ingram as well. This is um, not only is he taking over a big boy that Paul Chris felt left, but he's never been a play caller. This is his first stop as an offensive coordinator. So I feel like we're learning about him. We're learning about this team. It's Jim Leonard's first home game, uh, which is kind of fun and exciting. It won't impact the game, but it's kind of a, a neat note. So, yeah, I could see Braylon Allen having a good game. Uh, certainly that that opportunity exists. He's a very talented running back, obviously, but it seems like that plays into what Wisconsin is trying to get away from a little bit. Okay, so then if you're talking about Graham Mertz being the best guy you've had out there and the stat lines haven't been great to support mm -hmm. that he's been that great either too, but then if you're going into this matchup, like how, how many times are you wanting him to throw the ball? Because I think it was, what, 24 last week, even with everything that went on in, against Michigan State and that game going to overtimes? Yep, uh, double overtime game. You know, it, it's I think Badger fans would say, and this is where I've been, it's not – really how much he throws it's the times and spots that he throws from um when where wisconsin gets in trouble it's graham mertz is throwing a lot because it's third and seven and the first two runs didn't work so he's in a shotgun and now the defense knows what's happening what badger fans would like to say 20 25 20 to 25 passes feels great but let's have a smattering of them on first and 10 out of play action like, let's get back to that RPO action that give mertz some layups and let him build some momentum um too often it's been you know, hey, it's third and 14, Mertz, we need you to throw. And that's hurt his numbers. But if you, having watched, you know, every, probably every snap Mertz has taken in his college career, like he's, he's really grown so much. And Wisconsin fans have been frustrated um, kind of with some of the shackles put on him. Ryan Herrings is over at Locked On Badgers every single weekday, letting you know everything that goes on leading up to, and of course, after Saturday after the result of the Purdue game against the Boilermakers. Uh, thank you, as always, Ryan, for joining us here on the program. And we'll have you on here soon because we're going to have to try and figure out what goes on with that head coaching job, at least by the end of the season. But uh, I know there will be another at least one interesting game or two that Wisconsin has to play in by the end of the year for us yep. to get your thoughts on as well. Thanks, as always, for taking a couple of minutes with us. Thank you, Nate.